Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime, and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So, Tracy, why don't you tell us about this week's snack? So, this week's snack we thought was you called UHA, but that is the company that makes them. So, um, the company that makes them is called UHA or UHA um, Mikakuto. Um, and the candies we have today are the. So, UHA stands for Unique Human Adventure. So, oh, good. Yes. Adventurous gummies. All yep. I know is that there it says peach on it, so I'm assuming it tastes like peach, and it's very squishy. There's, like, very little English on these packages. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons we picked it. Yeah, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll try it. <laughs> it's Mine are peach. How bad could it be? Yours are grape? Grape. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that voice was our special guest. Once again, we have Liz back. So welcome back, Liz. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so uh, for Liz's history with Sailor Moon, you can go way back to our very first episode. Um, and yep. you can hear all about Liz's history. But do you have anything new going on in your life, Sailor Moon related? I recently acquired all the uh, Viz Media editions of Sailor Moon on DVD. Ooh. And I'm very excited. Like as in Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon, like Sailor Moon R, Sailor Moon S, and Sailor Moon Crystal. I am very excited. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. A full on. I still have. Binge coming. <laughs> yeah. I still have my like fan sub versions that I bought at like probably Pacific Mall. Like when I was a teenager <laughs> that I hope still play on DVD players. I don't even know if they, if, if they do anymore. But um, I think I have a couple of legit versions. Sometimes you have to, like, change the region of your DVD player. Remember that? (laughs) I do have um, some of the new versions. Like, I have, like, my versions of Sailor Stars are definitely a fan sub. And I think I have, I bought the new one, too. I can't remember. So, I have multiple copies and versions of Sailor Moon on DVD. Uh, I probably still have the ones that I burned in, like, university sometime as well. Although I cannot imagine where they are. But they're probably <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you have any new Sailor Moon developments in your life, Tracy? No, not really. Other than just before we started recording this podcast, you convinced me to go out manga. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> um, there's also a makeup website online called ColourPop. It's ColourPop.com. And they have a Sailor Moon collaboration of makeup so if it's still available when this podcast comes out you should probably check it out it's got like really light pastel-y and glittery palette so there's a an eyeshadow palette and then there's two um, pressed powder blushes and then a lot of glitter which is what you need if you're going to be Sailor Moon (laughs) I'm very excited about this. Very excited. <laughs> it's like so much glitter. But when I think about like the episodes that we watched today, there was a lot of glitter in those. Yeah. So. yeah. Shiny, shiny episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we are going, we are almost at the end. We're at the last, the second last two episodes. So we're watching episodes 43 and 44. Uh, 43 is Usagi abandoned the falling out of the Sailor Guardians. 
uh, in episode 44, which is Usagi's Awakening, A Message from the Distant Past. And I forgot how much I really love episode 44 until we watched it this weekend. So I'm like, oh, I love this episode. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like uh, the episodes we had when Usagi became the princess. It's almost like a three-parter for 44, 45, and 46. Yeah. So we're so close to the end of season one. Uh, but first, we're going to start with episode 43. Uh, Usagi abandoned the falling out of the Sailor Guardians, which was called Fractious Friends in the Deke dub, which I think is actually a pretty good name for this episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in this episode, um, the, Us- the, the Usagis, <laughs> the Sailor Guardians decide to try to get ahead of the game, I guess, and and trick the Negever or the Dark Kingdom, which doesn't work too well. Um, no, they see right through it. yeah i'm like they're trying but i don't know why um so yeah do we have some overall impressions of this episode liz um i think it might be it might be one of the first times that usagi sailor moon kind of hatches a plan that is (laughs) more than just rushing in to save people um because it comes out that she is the one who has created this plan where they're going to try to trick the dark kingdom into thinking that the sailor guardians are splitting up and it's, yeah, and she stayed up all night thinking of it. <laughs> yes. Aww. And, uh, I think it, as much as it is an episode incredibly full of sailor moon and sailor Mars sticking their tongues out at each other. It is also an episode where you see some real growth in leadership in sailor moon. Um, yes. because here she is hatching this plan where she is taking the hardest role in the plan. And uh, yes. And uh, even the other people, like the other Senshi and the cats were like, we didn't think this was a good idea, but you insisted. Yeah. And it, it almost works. Like at least the dark kingdom do like entertain the idea that it could be true. And it, uh, I mean, they catch on pretty quick that it's a, it's a scheme, but Yeah. Kunzite's kind of the one of the like he's devious, but he's also he's not stupid. So I'm not surprised that he doubts like, I think right they, from the get go. They might have been able to to trick Zosite. I was just oh, thinking yeah. that. Yeah, but not Kunzite. Not Kunzite. No, no, Zosite would have fallen for it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, she would have been like, ah, oh, finally. Because she's so, or he is so. Uh, they. <laughs> they. They are so vain. Yeah. about it like they're like how could anybody doubt me i'm i'm so great at this yeah mm-hmm. and they also like you say they're vain and kind of wrapped up in their own image and their own extreme obsession with kunzite and like so it it would not be out of their kind of the realm of possibility that these friends could split up i don't know yeah but. exactly Kunsite is more suspicious, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think Nephrite would have fallen for it either. Nephrite. Yeah, but def- definitely Jedi. Jedi yeah, would have. Yeah, definitely. And again, he's very. He was very vain. He was. Um, yeah. Self-absorbed. A bit and... more superficial, maybe. Um, than than Nephrite and Kunsite. And Kunsite is manipulative himself, so it's, uh, 
he's maybe more attuned to that kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, so this monster was really cool. I love this monster. She was so, pretty awesome. Yeah. The monster's name is Oniwa Bandana, um, <laughs> which is an amazing name. Um, but I was looking it up on the SailorMoonFandom.com, and the name is a combination of the two words Oniwa Bansu and Bandana. So and it's bandana. Nin- Ninja Bandana. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what she looks like, a ninja exactly. bandana. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I also kind of want to talk about Usagi's plan. Yeah. So the plan, as far as I understand it, is, and I watched the episode twice, so I still could be wrong. But they're trying to trick the Dark Kingdom into showing them the entrance to to their dark kingdom so they're trying to trick kunzite into showing them the entrance to the dark kingdom so that they can save tuxedo mask but like so what was the plan though like did they think he was just going to open the door and they were going to be like thanks and walk in (laughs) i think so i think that the plan was that usagi was going to go on her on her own so sailor moon was going to go into the dark kingdom and get endymion so it was going to yeah, be like think- step one, open doors, step two, question mark, step three, endemian. <laughs> yes, pretty much. And yeah. I think, I think, you know, she's saying, all right, I'm going to trick them into thinking I'm alone, that I'm going to join their team. And then I'm going to go there. When he sees me, he's immediately going to be good again and everything will be fine and we will escape. Um, so her plan wasn't necessarily fully fleshed out. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's not a bad idea because um, she had already refreshed him to some right. extent in a previous episode, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe she's working on the fact that he has some of his memories and this is the perfect time to storm the Dark Kingdom. Okay, yeah. yeah. From that point of view, that makes a little more sense. But I'm still like... Yeah. Like... It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I was like, how is she going to get to him? Like, of all how the, is she going like, to get out again? How is she going to get out again? For sure. So I kind of wish that we had seen some of the planning of this plan. Like, because yeah. they said that the rest of the Senshi were like, not really. Because the rest of the Senshi were like, uh, we didn't think this was a good idea. And I'm like, Mercury of all of them should have been like, no, <laughs> you should not oh. do this. We saw about as flushed out as Usagi had flushed it out, right? Um, which is not much. <laughs> which is not much. But which is I the door that, opens and then what? <laughs> but Pretty I much. think that this, they've been searching for this door. I think that what they were hoping for was the door would be in a specific location so that she could call for backup after. Yeah. Uh, maybe. So that's when the plan went off the rails? Yeah, when he like yeah. opened it behind her, which I don't think is actually the door. He didn't open some ma- magical portal because um, it just seemed like a scary hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was probably <laughs> playing tricks of his own. Yep. Well, yeah, because by that point, Kunzite was like, "Yeah, this is a trick." Yeah, <laughs> he knew. Yeah. Mm. The yeah, other thing. The other yep. thing I think that was really interesting is the fact that, and it's, I mean, to me, having 
now watch the whole ser- series, of course, uh, is not surprising. But at this point, to the fact that Sailor Moon entrusted Sailor Mars with the crystal. Yes. Um, I loved that. Yeah. I really loved that. Um, I think it really shows an understanding on the part of Usagi that while she and Ray don't always get along, there is a connection there that is deeper and that she, there is full trust. Yes. Between these two characters. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. No, I really liked that. Um, that, and, and even though like in the episode, Usagi was, I don't know if I'm assuming jokingly or probably not accusing her of like, you're kicking me hard because you want to be the leader. Yeah. And I guess this is probably her like, okay, you know what? I trust you that you don't actually want to be the leader. And so you hold the crystal while I do this stupid plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, probably in not so many words, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at least they were smart enough to not have Usagi be holding the crystal when she's facing Kunzite. Yeah. But at the same part, that's her source of power. So they're kind of sending her in there unarmed. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Which, again, makes me wonder about how thought out this plan was. <laughs> well, I'm, and we see how... Okay, I'm just going to talk about the next episode very, very briefly. We see how powerful that wand is just on its own. Oh, um, yeah. When it, it like, hits Kunzite. <laughs> I love that part. It's like a little smack on the wrist, but still. It has, like, its own... Um, it has, like... I don't know, its own mind yeah almost yeah yeah you think it's a tool but it's not because it has its own will right and that will is to defeat the dark kingdom as small to protect uh to protect the sailor guardians or and Mm -hmm. um, or at least in general i guess in in particular yeah the moon princess and i wonder Uh, if mm -hmm. again this is kind of next episode is that will you know, something that was imposed upon it or kind of impressed upon it, like a, a lingering memory of the last time it was used really, Ooh, maybe, you know, kind of, yeah. Anyway. Like, like and it's yeah. magic, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's still yeah. fulfilling that last spell. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have, we have a lot of, the, the next episode is going to be a mo- much longer conversation than this episode, I'm sure. Um, big one. <laughs> I also wanted to point out that uh, this episode adds another episode to the list of Naru trauma. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Naru. So, and her mom. <laughs> yeah. Three, Poor four, mom. five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So we're now at fourteen episodes where Naru has some sort of trauma. <laughs> you know, there's the spacing between each trauma is getting a little bit longer, though, right? Yeah, because the last episode uh, when she got swallowed by a ball of algae was episode 32. So it's been almost, yeah. it's been just over 10 episodes since the last time she had a trauma. Mm-hmm. She's probably <laughs> like, where's all this trauma? Where's my trauma? This is weird. Right? Why is my yeah, life kind of going well for now? She's... <laughs> Poor and Naru's like... got all sorts of PTSD. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Wow. She's Oof. probably just waiting for the other shoe to drop every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why have they? Why are they still living in Tokyo? Like, if that was my kid, and the monsters just kept coming, I'd feel like I'd be like, let's set up shop somewhere else. 
Yeah. You know what? My jewelry shop's doing pretty well. We could probably move to at least another district. Oh, man. I feel sorry for that. Every time I see that that jewelry shop, I'm just like, oh, man. I feel so sorry for her mom, the owner, right? Yeah. Uh, They keep getting robbed by monsters. I hope they have insurance. (laughs) We need to take out some monster insurance. Right? Right? I, I have to imagine that in holding insurance in the Juban district after this all starts happening must skyrocket the price of insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Like how do we insure against monsters Mm -hmm. or possession? Like can you get insurance for your employees in case they get possessed by a monster? Right. Right. And like the destruction that ensues afterwards when Sailor Moon comes and fights them. (laughs) <laughs> we should have a special guest, like someone who, an insurance underwriter or something. <laughs> Watch Sailor Moon and explain how insurance claims would work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, there was another couple of like, there. this episode I thought had a lot of really kind of cute fun scenes. It's like the last almost silly episode we get before things get super dark um, again. Yeah. yeah. So like, there was a lot of great animation of faces, especially of Usagi getting mad and, you know, being hurt and kicked, which I thought was fun. Uh, yeah. We get Mars has a lot of good jokes in on Usagi's expense. Yeah. <laughs> Just to kind of almost lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of them in in to forward the plan, and some of them just because. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard to know like what is like Ray playing along, and what is her just like getting an opportunity to yeah. have free reign on saying whatever she feels like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I also counted. She gets to use Fire Soul three times in this episode. Yes, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. There's one point where she essentially uses it like twice within three minutes. Like I was like, wait, you just did that. You're doing it again. My favorite is yeah, when right, she, she is. like burns the rest of the sailor sentient. Yes. Yes. That was yeah, like all jumping. Yeah, like hang <laughs> on there. Work work on your aim. And it really highlights that they're really just teenage girls. Yeah. 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 Even still, like, when we're right up at the penultimate battle, we're almost at the eve of the penultimate battle, we still get to see that they are goofy teenage girls. Yeah. Which makes the the last three episodes even that much more heartbreaking. (laughs) Um, I I really like that they had that little confrontation, too, between Mars and Jupiter, where Jupiter wants to help uh, Sailor Moon while she's being strangled, and uh, Mars is the one... Who's like, no, we can't. And then Jupiter basically accuses her of not caring. Yeah. And that's like you said, right when we get to the point where she's like, well, then why would I be holding her the moon stick? Yeah. Um, and I really especially love that Mars is the one who breaks first after that. Like you can see the tears in her eyes and, you know, it's killing her to watch Sailor Moon being injured by the monsters. Uh, yeah. Even though she talks a tough game, you can still see that she really does care. So yeah. I love that part of her. It's, mm-hmm. you know, she, she holds strong and like really strong for as long as she can. And then she's just like, screw this. I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jupiter's like, well, fine. Now you go. <laughs> I think like one of the reasons why Sailor Moon gives Mars the crystal is because like 
Mars understands what's at stake, right? Yeah. They're trying to get Endymion back. Yeah, like if the crystal had been entrusted to any of the other Senshi, they would have been out and fighting and giving her back the crystal a lot quicker after they saw Sailor Moon get attacked. But yeah, Usagi knew that Mars would be the one who would hold off to the last possible moment. Yeah. Which shows remarkable maturity for the both of them. Yeah. Like, yeah, Usagi willing to put herself in that kind of danger for an extended period of time, and Mars willing to watch her friend be basically tortured until, you know, she can't take it anymore. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they've come a long way since episode one. Yes. Yes, they really have. Um, most of the time. Most of the time. Well, I mean. <laughs> they're still sticking their tongues out at each other, but... He never they're also, I mean, they're really working as a team, uh, even when scheming. And Yeah, but it's almost like the relationship of, like, I'm the only one who gets to beat up on my little sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. If you do it, I'm going to be mad at you, but if I do it, it's okay. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's yep. so cute. That's true. And have having um, a little sister, that is totally how I felt at, at this age. Like, it was, I will beat you down if you are mean to my sister but I will also be mean to my sister (laughs) (laughs) so going back to what we were just saying about the maturity of Mars and Moon uh, I just noticed that in the Deke dub Sailor Mars wasn't entrusted the moon stick by Sailor Moon fans Sailor Moon left it in her room and Mars kept it and I'm like that Did, just how? completely undermines that entire scene and invalidates all of Mars's feelings. Yeah. Like that that's kind of awful. Yeah, it's it's a completely different spin. Uh it kind of it puts uh Usagi right back in the into the very immature little girl she is in in episode 1 and mm. it's it kind it kind of invalidates the whole 43 episodes or whatever that come or 42 episodes that come before this like it's like well look they've learned nothing mm-hmm. yeah that and it, it overly simplifies the relationship between usagi and ray yeah. basically that they don't even have that kind of care and liking of each other and they're just basically frenemies mm-hmm. which is so not the point or the case and i mean it, it, this is rewatching these is really making me get a new vision of ray yeah. And it, it, like the, the the dub did not do her justice, unfortunately. No. No, it didn't. And especially cuz there are episodes that you get before that like before this where you see growth in the relationship between Usagi and Ray and they're in the Deke dub like there's the one where they're skiing and they have the big long talk about you know Mamoru and who's how he had been dating Ray and how Ray totally understands that it's a completely different situation. And so it's like, yes. well, I mean, they've already gone through all of this to then come to the, like you say, the penima- penultimate battle and to be snarking again. And it's like, well. <laughs> yeah. So this is why the Japanese version is much better. <laughs> it is. It is much mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is still some of that snarking, but it's yes. like, yeah, it's it's again, it's like the 
I'm the only one who gets to beat up on my little sister type of snarking, not the I don't like you, we're we're only friends because we're sailors and she's snarking. Right. Um, there was one interaction that I wrote down that I really liked. So when, when Kunzite shows up <laughs> and Sailor Moon is like, uh, why are you here? I'm about to be interviewed. And the monster is like, uh, no. And she's like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> I wasn't like, is she joking? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's the beauty of Usagi is you don't know. <laughs> I know. It's like, hmm. <laughs> But I loved that little interaction where the monster was like, really? You think I'm still going to interview you? Because <laughs> <laughs> like you say, it's Usagi. So. Uh... You go either way, really. Yeah. Uh... Absolutely. Yeah. That's a fun. It's a fun episode. Uh, yeah. It's, it is. It doesn't do a whole lot to advance the overall plot other than to kind of just be like, it's another way that they're trying to. Uh, find the dark kingdom and um like you said it shows a bit more of the complexity of usagi and ray's relationship but i mean other than that it's not like a a crucial must watch Mm -hmm. it really sets up for the next episode though right so they're well i mean they've already talked about how they're trying to find the entrance to the moon kingdom Mm -hmm. um but it just shows like their advancement they're trying to get closer i guess yeah, they're yeah. not on the defensive in this one, which I yeah. kind of liked. Which is very different because they're, I can't think of another episode where they're the ones going in for the attack. They're usually re- like reacting to a, yeah. a monster. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, and I think kind of like you were saying, Jen, this is a very light episode, even though it does deal with some, it has its deep moments and deal with some, some, growth and and hard issues but it's a silly episode before you get into the kind of the end which is very serious or i mean mm-hmm. as far as sailor moon can be very serious it's still sailor moon well, i mean <laughs> i'm really yeah. looking forward to watching the next two episodes with karina because uh as as listeners know, uh, we grew up watching the Deke dub when we were teenagers, Karina and I, and she has not seen the Japanese version of the last two episodes. She's only seen the Deke version where they took those two episodes and mushed them into one. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to uh, watching these two episodes with her because it is totally different. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. Uh, anything else we have to say about episode 43 before we move on to our squishy, squishy snack? Oh, we're good. I'm ready for snack. Me too. <laughs> Me too. All right, Tracy, you want right. to tell us a bit more about the squishy peach snack? Um, yeah, well, I, I guess I gave more most of the introduction earlier because, <gasps> yeah, it's a really interesting name for, for a company. So unique human adventure. But um, so I have peach and yeah, I think so John I. has peach. And uh, they come in these, like, little pockets, which I think really preserves that gummy texture, which I'm really excited for. Ooh. And they're resealable. They super Mm -hmm. smell like peach. Oh, my goodness. It super smells like grape. (laughs) It smells like a real peach, so I'm I'm super excited. The texture of them is very, very soft, which I love a soft gummy. 
Um, but it doesn't look like they didn't try to make it look like a peach. Like it no. looks like a little orange sack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She wants to look like a little a little purple snack or sack. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Like it it's smells... twisted at one end and like. Yeah, they're just like smooshed. Yeah. yeah. Let's give the it a grape shot. Grape smells like grape bubblicious. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting texture. Oh my. That was not what I was expecting. No, me neither. Actually, it's very good. It's mm. very good. It's kind of like less gummy and more like a it's jelly, a like a yeah. fruit snack. Mm-hmm. But like a firmer jello. It's like. Yeah. Hmm. These are really good, actually. How's the grape taste? Good. I expected it to taste a little bit artificial. And it tastes more like grapes. You know what? It reminds me of eating a peeled grape. Oh. Oh, wow. The peach is very peachy, like, not like fuzzy peach, fake peach, but like. Mm -hmm. That's what I was expecting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this kind of tastes, mm. they taste like Concord grapes. Nice. I mean, they're still candy. You know what? Now that I look on the package, um. The peach one, they've got, like, what the inside looks like on it, except for it's pinker on the package, so I didn't really pay much attention. It's a lot more orangey, the actual candy. Is mm-hmm. it on the package? Yeah. Oh, my right goodness, it is. Where, yeah. You didn't notice it either. Okay, I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just a picture of a peach, but when you look really closely, it looks like the candy. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the grape. Same. I thought it was a grape. And they even have one that looks like a peeled grape. Now I kind of want to peel one open to see if the inside looks like a peeled grape. Just bite it, just, just bite it in half. Yeah, I bit into it, and it kind of looks like really, really firm jello. Yeah. yeah. These are so tasty. I they are very good. the whole pack. Yep, me too. Mm. I think I have already. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Excellent now, choice. They're not really like hunger quenching if that's like they don't satisfy any hunger like i could probably eat this whole pack and then still go and have something else to eat yeah i don't think but they're a nice little like yeah they're a nice little like sugar burst yeah Mm. i should save the rest for uh when i'm at work later when i need a little pick me up Mm -hmm. of course i also have a giant bowl of halloween candy that i could take Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would so, um, eat these again. Oh, what? What are these called again? They're called Kororo gummies. They say "uha" on the package somewhere, and that was they pretty do. much the only English word other than "grape" and "open." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's it, and it's got like this. I guess their logo is like this little. It's like a round head with really round eyes and then like yeah. a little tiny, tiny little body. Yeah. <laughs> it says 100% hmm. something, but I can't read what it's 100%. 100%. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we were like this. These must be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were. It's one of the things excited. I am quite yeah. enjoying about one of the things I'm quite enjoying about doing this podcast is that now my go-to place for snacks is the Centra Food Mark Market nearby. 
and I go and I buy Malona bars and I'm going to buy these again. And I've been eating a lot of those uh, seaweed wrap things. So it's like I'm finding like a whole new world of snacks and I love it. So I really hope that our other listeners are trying some of these snacks. I do put pictures of them on our Instagram if you want to see what the packaging looks like. Um, and I really encourage people to go to uh, whatever your local Asian market is, if you have one, and try some of these snacks. They are delicious in, for yeah. the most part. These so ones I are. found, uh, I found it. Well, yeah, for the most part, we had those green tea cakes. I think that was episode two or three, and they were awful. They, they were bad. They yeah, were I just bad. threw them out. Yeah, I ate one, and that was it. So I found a description yeah. online for these candies. Um, so maybe, I'm hoping it's the translation off the back of the package, but it said that it says that these candies are made of 100% fruit juice. Wow, no wonder they're so tasty. With a resealable bag, you can enjoy candies fresh wherever or whenever. It's almost like eating real I'm reading the description for the grapes, so it's almost like eating real grapes. So tasty. Perfect small snack. Yep. Was it almost like eating real grapes? Yeah, almost. <laughs> it definitely wasn't like eating a peach, because peaches are usually harder in texture. But the fruitiness was there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a hard time putting this on my ranking, because it was really good. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't, do I like it better than the salt lemon Kit Kat? <laughs> I saw that at Centra, and I really wondered what that would taste like. It was good. You know what? I think yeah? I'm going to put it below salt lemon Kit Kat. <laughs> I thought about getting some just to see, but maybe next time. If there's mm -hmm. weird color flavored Kit Kats, you should always pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> always had... try a strange Kit Kat. Yeah. They had two. They had salt lemon and salt something else, but the other, the, the other one was sold out, so... Oh, but what was it? It was very bizarre to my Western brain. <laughs> like, why would you eat that in a chocolate? Why not? Which is why We're it's like, then we should try it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a delicious snack. Um, let us move on to episode 44, Usagi's Awakening, A Message from the Distant Past. This was all of the background information we've been craving for the past 43 episodes, all okay. lumped into one. Pretty I much. know. Okay. All about the Moon Kingdom, all about the Dark Kingdom. Like, I so much happens. So many times because I was like, oh, I gotta, like, write down these these quotes because they're really important. Yeah. I usually do, like, maybe one or two pages of notes. Um If I remember to take notes, because sometimes I forget. This one, I have three pages of notes. <laughs> Because I have, that. like, wait, what does this mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's a big episode. And it's, it's. I mean, it's let's, kind of like a, we've gone 43 episodes. Now we're going to have one huge deus ex machina where we just lay everything out at once. Mm -hmm. Everything all together. Here it is. It's nice to have know. a ghost queen to lay it out for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I want to know is, so like really early in the episode, this is like my big thing. It's like they spend all this time in the game center and the tunnel is there. Okay. I didn't think it was in the game center. It looked to me like it was under a crepe shop because there was a sign that said crepe. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the <laughs> wiki says that it's beneath the game center. 
How does that make sense, though, if they've been using the game center all this anyway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, is it under a crepe shop? Because it looks like the word crepe. I think it's the, the faux entrance. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about entrances here because they've been looking for this entrance <laughs> forever. Um, not forever, a couple of episodes, maybe the last four, five episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the entrance is right underneath where they spend all of their free time, maybe half of their free time. The rest of it's spent at Ray's temple. And yeah. then, okay, so I don't understand what happens. Luna and Artemis end up in the Arctic. Yeah. Yeah. So and basically real entrances. This is the entrance into the tunnel that leads you to the, where the actual entrance is. Basically it takes you to Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for Fraggles to pop up. Yeah. For anybody young who's listening to this uh, podcast, go Google Fraggle Rock and also watch it. It's amazing. Um, Yeah. So they find this, this shadowy entrance that takes them into like a cave system and then they get separated. And while the, the senshi are going on, uh, are fighting Kunzite and going into the past, Luna and Artemis end up going from Japan to the Arctic going by ourselves and then we'll tell them it's like well how are you gonna get back like what your cats like what are you yeah. doing so yeah <laughs> so we're kind of fo- let's follow luna and artemis first and then we'll, we'll circle back and go into the the big backstory so luna and artemis they go to the arctic they walk through the arctic for who knows how long till they find a gigantic crater full of dark energy i'm assuming and they're like this this is the real entrance yep that and then they're like how did they get out of there? I think Kunzite picked back. them up and brought them back to the tunnels. <laughs> How convenient. He's like, oh, kitties are lost. Up. And then he yeah. like, beats them up. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't kill them there. He takes them back to the tunnels so that when the Senshi come back from their trip to the past, they're right there back in the tunnels again where Kunzite's beating up on the cats. Yeah, right. So, like. I just pictured him like finding them in the snow, grabbing them both by the scruff of their neck and like teleporting away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, let me fix everything for you while beating you up. Yeah. But <laughs> why take them someplace else? Why not just bite them up there? Why fight <laughs> them at all? They're cats. Like, because <laughs> he's mean. He's he is mean, mean though, but like he fights me, doesn't kill them. He leaves them to tell the Sailor Scouts how to get there. And it's just like, you could have just, you know, killed them. Yeah, because if he's arguably the most powerful of the four generals, how do the yeah. cats stay alive this long? Yeah, like, it right? It should not be that difficult for him to kill two cats. Really? Who, yeah. Other than they other than they, they can talk and Luna can, like, create magical items for people every once in a while. They don't really have any powers. Okay, so I have a theory about Luna and her magical item creation. I think when she does that little backflip, she's like opening another dimension and the item is falling out. Right? It's like in D&D where you store something in a different dimension. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I broke my DM's brain because, sorry, this is a little D&D tangent. Uh, We're playing a long game with uh, uh, Brent and two friends of ours. And I broke the DM's brain because he gassed us. Like we were in a a room that was filling up with poisonous gas. And I'm like, if I stick my head in the bag of holding, how long can I breathe? (laughs) (laughs) 
He's like, I've never calculated that. So he did. He figured it out. And it was enough time for me to stick my head in the bag of holding and run out of the poison room. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fine. Because <laughs> the other one of the other characters who was stuck in the room was immune to poison. So he's like, I'm just going to walk out. And I'm like, how long can I breathe in a bag of holding? If just my head is in it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my little D&D tangent. <laughs> um. So, yeah, back to the cats getting beat up by Kunzite. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he can't kill them. I think he doesn't or, think they're worth killing. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But then like, why does he think they're cats. worth fighting? Like, I, I mean, it's, it, it's, I guess it's ultimately just because we're not going to kill off these cats. That would be horrific. And they need- like, can you imagine PETA breathing down my neck? <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> I'm not going to go through this. That's probably what I was thinking. No, no cats were harmed in the making of this television series, right? <laughs> <laughs> Creation of this was or, monitored by the uh, Japanese Humane Society. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, he could have, like, put them in a cage. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's the adventure the cats go on. Um, yeah. We'll backtrack to the adventure that the Senshi go on. Um, when they get separated in Fraggle Rock, <laughs> yeah. the Kunzite shows up and sends them to the multi-dimensional, tries to send them to the multi-dimensional chaos world. Right. Yeah. Which is basically any name. period in time. Yeah, I guess. Or something. And because I love he is Usagi's certainly face. very surprised when they don't go there. And come back. Yeah. Well, I think they do, right? Because it can send you to any time and place, except it's the the moon stick decides that, that where to go, there. right? Yep, for sure. Yeah. So the moon stick kind of, it feels like the moon stick hijacks the, the power. Like, Kunzite sends them through into the past and the moon stick and the silver crystal are like, okay, but if we're going to get sent in the past, we're going to go to the silver millennium. We're, we're going to go to the moon. And yeah, right. uh, learn about the Silver Millennium, because I guess that, it, to it, is a safe place, I would assume. Yeah. Compared to, like, dinosaurs or, like, World War One, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Usagi showing up in, like, dinosaurs? <laughs> he would just scream and cry. Yeah, that would have been a cute little... Yeah. I just picture, like, because it's anime, right? So it would be, like, the, the sailor statue running and, like, a T-Rex following them across the screen. Yeah. And then this, they're running across the screen the other way and the T-Rex following them across the screen. Absolutely. With screaming the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it would be Sailor Moon's incredibly shrill crying and screaming that would eventually turn the T-Rex off. And he would yes. be like, oh, no, this is too much. I can't. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find me something else a less noisy dinner <laughs> yeah <laughs> sailor mars and sailor jupiter set themselves up as goddesses because they can control the weather yeah it's like i make thunder and lightning i make fire oh. the cave yeah. people are like woo. if you know i'm assuming that in the anime world they would put dinosaurs and cave people in the same thing anyway. this seems to make sense <laughs> Like, okay, but instead of dinosaurs, they end up on the silver bull uh, and on the moon, not in the silver millennium. But yeah. um, basically, uh, they get to see the spirit of Queen Serenity. Now, I remember in the Deke dub, and I don't know if the wiki says it, but what didn't wasn't she like a computer supposed to be like a computer program? They didn't want to make her a ghost. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I really... think 
that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I can't quite remember, but yeah. This makes more sense. And she is the embodiment of the moon goddess, Selene. Yeah. Which, which to me kind of, it's lay, lays a whole new level, like layer on top of this. That's maybe not necessary, um, but whatever. I, I was like, <laughs> does that, does that make princess serenity a demigod? Yeah, I think so, right? Because she called, what does she call herself? Goddess. The incarnation of the moon goddess Selene. Yeah. Hmm. And the silver millennium is the glorious land of the gods. Yeah. Yes. But then she says that they're humans born on the moon. Yeah. So are they humans or are they gods? I think they're humans with who like channel the power of the gods or channel the essence of the gods or... Which maybe. gods are they? Because they seem to be Greek gods. Or and maybe, okay, like, so Queen Serenity is the only goddess there, and mm-hmm. she uses these humans on the moon as her playthings. Look, I want to be a queen. <laughs> I need a kingdom. <laughs> I can't, so I'm That's just making her sound get... kind of evil. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know that much about her, right? Other than, you know, yeah. she's the goddess on the moon, and... You know, if you follow Greek or Roman mythology, you know, there's not a lot of... I mean, there's some good ones, but there's also some bad ones. Yeah. Eh, Selene in Greek mythology was didn't really have much of a personality. She was basically just uh, yeah. the moon. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was so, Selene and Helios. Yeah. And Helios was the sun and Selene was the moon. So the moon goddess was actually Artemis. Artemis, yeah. And... Not- Apollo. Yeah, and Apollo was the sun. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Greek mythology and Roman mythology, they literally had gods for everything. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So we don't know much about her. Uh, but one would suggest there is also some Christian imagery in this episode where, um, oh, yeah. Where Queen Serenity, end. where she you know, sacrifices herself and her power to save all of the humans she was ruling over on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and she dies on a on two pillars that are crossed. Yeah. <laughs> which is apparently taken out of the English version. I can't remember in the deep dub. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure yeah. why they would do that. Seems like because a it's thing a, to take out. Well, no, it's because it was an image of her dying on a cross. Like, Maybe you a, know, a little bit too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. There actually is yes. quite a lot of, of Christian symbolism that gets worked into this. Like later on in Sailor Moon S, uh, they are looking for the Holy Grail. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. They're looking for the Messiah. To, so they're looking for the Holy Grail to summon the Messiah. I'll give you yeah. two guesses who the Messiah ends up being, but it's really like it's much more heavily insulated. And and the the one of the big battles in uh, Sailor Moon S takes place in a beautiful cathedral, so like there's quite a lot of Christian imagery at least in S. Um, that's a, that they that's kind a of little bit yikes. If you add, yeah. that's a little bit yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have to. Well, now that I have it all on DVD, I'll just power right through and watch it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. The podcast will get there eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> as long as there are snacks, we shall endure. <laughs> um, I also really like like this episode, again, comparing it to the Deke dub, that goes into a lot more detail about 
Yeah. Moon fall down. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay, so I had a question about that because it seems like Endymion is saying that Beryl is brainwashed or somehow like taken over. Yeah. And being controlled by Metallia. Is yeah. that true? In some sense. So, yeah, the what, what he says in this is that Beryl was a wizard or a sorceress, I suppose. And summoned, as far as I understand, summoned the Metallia because she wanted more power. Metallia being evil overwhelms her and turns her into the, the barrel that we see here so that barrel can take over both the earth and the moon. So she was never what, okay, originally probably a little evil, but now she is most always evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the impression I got. Um, the manga... We just pulled, I haven't read it in a while, but I just pulled out volume three to try to get an idea of what happens in the manga. It, it doesn't really say. So mm -hmm. in the manga, it's like barrels waited from ancient times. One dawn during a massive meteor shower, there was a giant storm of gas from the sun, a darkness and evil. Along with that meteor rain, it also rained down on this world, and from that sprung forth from the ground the awakening of a goddess of darkness, who is Metallia. And then Metallia basically brainwashes Beryl. Because Beryl says, yeah. I knelt before the great ruler Queen Metallia and waited groveling until the time came. Yeah. She almost, like, inhabits Beryl, maybe. Because mm -hmm. so she's, I, like, a big smoky face in the ether and Beryl is her tool. Which is why do they have to make her Queen Metallia then? Why don't they just make her Metallia? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of confusing because you think that she's just like another ruler, but she's more of like just a force. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then in the manga still, um, Queen of the Dark Kingdom, Queen Beryl, leads the people of Earth to attack the moon um, mm -hmm. and then kills Endymion and Serenity. And then Venus kills her. That's mm -hmm. the manga. In the manga. Yeah, this is still the manga. And that's what happened on the silver, uh, or in Silver Millennium at the fall of the, of the moon kingdom. Yeah. So and in the show, in the anime, she does kill Princess Serenity and Endymion. But there's no Venus killing her. But it's not, I don't think it's, it's okay, not suggested it's that she did It's sort of Beryl that kills them, but it's more, Meta I guess it's, it's Beryl Metallia. directing Metallia. Because yeah. Metallia shoots down that, like, tractor beam, for lack of a better yeah. word, that separates them. Yeah. And Endymion gets pulled away, and Serenity leaps off the balcony after him. Right. And once they're both in that beam, then she basically kills them, which is yeah. so sad. Um, so how how does this work? So I guess Queen Serenity goes back in time enough to send everyone back to Earth? I guess she sends, like, their spirits or souls yeah. or something to be reincarnated later. I, it, it's not very clear. <laughs> But she has the other part about Beryl's story. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm just still flipping through the manga. <laughs> yeah. So the other part about Beryl's story is that it seems like the reason that Beryl 
wanted this power or, or like consumed Vitalia's power was because she wanted Prince Endymion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems kind of like an afterthought. She's just like, hey, you there, marry me, and then you can be the king of both the earth and yeah. the moon. In the yeah. anime. But in the yeah. manga, there's like a distinct panels where she says, I always watched you from afar. Um, yeah. And then it makes it look like it or very heavily insinuates that the reason that she did all of this was to get Endymion, uh, which they kind of hint at in the anime, but it doesn't go into that kind of a, of a depth. So, yeah. Sorry. What were you saying about Queen Serenity? (laughs) The last thing I was saying was about like time, time traveling enough to, to go back to before they died and then sending them to earth. Oh, no, I think she just takes their souls. Gotcha. Because they're being reincarnated on Earth. And their hair. And their hair, obviously. (laughs) Obviously their hair. How else are you going to know who the moon princess is? (laughs) Really? And yet they still didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So Serenity and the Senshi are sent to Earth to be reborn if Metallia comes back. And so she entrusts that mission to Luna and Artemis. So I guess it's the crystal that is the one that like so okay what triggers the reincarnation though like so i guess the crystals shattered because it was in the 12 rainbow crystals and when the crystal shattered whenever the heck that was that's what triggered metallia and also what triggered them to be reborn i'm guessing i I thought it was metallia breaking free triggered them to be reborn or some i don't know they're they're not they're not was metallia breaking free what what caused the crystal to shatter i don't know i think was it the sounds crystal shattered right. to contain those monsters. Uh, okay, so when we were back in the earlier episodes, when we were introduced to the rain- rainbow crystals, it mm-hmm. seemed as though those monsters, those seven really bad monsters, um, had to be contained within the crystal. But there's nothing, none of that comes back in this episode, which is no, really that's confusing. That's because that was created specifically for the anime and... Uh, yeah. Never, never happened in the manga. So how much stuff can the crystal hold? Because <laughs> now the crystal's got seven monsters plus Metallia, plus I'm assuming Beryl and the generals. Yep, plus some plus tears. The souls, plus the souls yeah. of all of the Moon Kingdom people, like the Senshi and, and the prince and the princess. Yeah. So no I'll, wonder it blew up. It was full. Yeah, very, very <laughs> It was burst in like Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> You know when you eat too much turkey? That's exactly what happened. Yep. Oh, yeah. Shattered into these crystals with monsters in them. Mm-hmm. So I guess that the fight with the seven with the seven rainbow crystal monsters happened before the Earth attacked the moon? I, yeah, I don't know. Like, was that a, a previous battle? Or was it part of that battle? Then they just skipped over it for this part? It yeah. just seemed like a really short battle. Yeah, it really, yeah, it's like he comes to warn them that this is about to happen, and it immediately happens, and then it's over. Well, it's like, okay, so he comes to warn them that it's happening, but let's dance. Yeah. like, what? Seriously. Because I'm in disguise. I want to know why. We're still going to have a ball. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. Well, I guess he didn't think that it was going to happen, like, right then. He probably figured he could, you know, he had a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. So why does he think that... Um, the moon, okay, so it's going to create conflict between the Earth and the moon. Like, why couldn't they just, like, work together to defeat the 
common enemy, which is Beryl. Yeah, that would make way more sense. It I'm would. Thinking, so, okay, so Beryl brainwashed everybody on Earth. Like yeah. everyone? I guess. Yes. Oh, so I guess man. that Endymion was thinking that if he didn't come and warn them, it was going to be a conflict because the Earth was going to attack the moon and the moon wasn't going to know that they were brainwashed. Right. Although the giant ghostly evil presence hovering over them may or probably should have clued them in, yeah. <laughs> you would think. But I don't understand. Yeah, like it doesn't really cause a conflict. It causes the destruction of the Silver Millennium. So it's not like there's people left over on the moon to be like, Earth, we're going to yeah. come and get you now. Everything everybody's is destroyed. Dead. Everyone. But everyone on Earth, too, or at least of that civilization that came. I don't know. Well, okay, so what I'm thinking is they were all just brainwashed. So the Earth people were brainwashed, and only the people who were, like, warriors were kind of caught up in this war. Yeah. But then when Metallia gets locked inside, so she gets locked in the crystal, right? Yeah, we're going to go with that. Yeah. Well, or at which least is so sealed weird. by okay. the crystal. Certainly. So she's yeah. sealed in the crystal, but looking for the crystal. What? <laughs> well, she's not in the crystal good. anymore when the show starts. I guess. Because the crystal's missing. So and that's shattered. why I was thinking the crystal shattered. Everybody got out. The moon, the, the rainbow crystals got embedded into humans. Uh, Beryl and the generals and Metallia set up in the Arctic for some reason. And that triggered all of the Senshi to be reborn. Do you think the generals and Beryl were all reborn as humans too? And then somehow found themselves back together? Or were they like, did they spring fully formed from the crystal? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, and again, I I haven't read the manga in a while, but I remember a picture of Beryl as a human at an Mm -hmm. archaeological dig. Ooh. And she. I'm literally flipping through it now. Yeah, let's see if you can find this, because I, I could be thinking of something else, because it could be like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was a picture of Beryl at an archaeological dig, and she basically finds Metallia, and that's what oh. triggers it. Okay, I guess that makes sense. So, but... I mean, it could technically be a reincarnation of Beryl from the Silver Millennium, but she wasn't evil until she found Metallia, and that reawakened her. Mm-hmm. So confusing. So confusing. But I'm assuming that the four generals sprung out fully formed because where the hell did they go? <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's not like they have past lives. Like everyone else has, like a they have parents, they have like jobs and school and everything like that. But the generals do not. Yeah, so they must have been Beryl. just like. But Beryl might if she was an archaeologist first. <laughs> right, and then she just abandoned it all. To be a because she's now possessed by Metallia. Super villain. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, so I would, been I episode. would probably quit my job if I became a super villain. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if it's in this volume. I need to reread this. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's in one of these volumes. Uh, anyway, we won't waste time with just yep. like silence as I flip through manga. Exactly. Um, Oh, God, I love Venus's sword in the manga. I totally forgot that. Yeah, why doesn't she have a sword in the anime? Like, everybody should have a sword if they want one. Come on. Yeah. Oh, here's the other thing. There was more information in this episode. Um, That kind of makes more sense. I mean, we get little snippets of why things are happening up until this point. And this is kind of like 
this is like the big reveal, the ball, like. Yeah. And everything. Such a reveal. They do leave a lot out. (laughs) They leave so much out and there's still a lot of questions that need to be uh, asked and answered. Um, But apparently, okay. So now the sailor Senji have all their memories back. Um, Mm -hmm. And then. They get pulled back into, like, I don't know. The Silver Crystal should have been like, hey, let's get some more information before I take you back. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but then they end up back. Clearly they and, need to have listened to our podcast to uh, understand. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I think missing. also, I mean, when we're talking, we're talking about anime and manga. This happens, for all of you listeners who haven't read the manga, this happens at the end of volume two of the manga and it's yeah. episode 43 and 44 of the <laughs> anime so they had a long time in the anime to fill out all of these questions then they didn't <laughs> yes um one other discrepancy i want to point out between the manga and the anime is the death of princess serenity so in the anime as we just saw in this episode serenity basically throws herself into uh Metallia's power to die with Endymion. Yeah. Um, in the manga, mm-hmm. I think it's Beryl kills Endymion, and then Princess Serenity kills herself with Endymion's sword. Ah, very Romeo and Juliet. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, the whoa, not so, necessary. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's good that they that they didn't put that part in the anime obviously the audience is a little bit different between the manga and the anime and then it's very different between the japanese anime and the canadian anime but uh, yeah yeah that would be a little much yeah a little trigger warning in case you decide to read the manga i really like how they did it in the anime i think that that is i hate to say more romantic but it's a little bit less (sighs) yeah I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, you know, I, I like the way that it turned out better. Like, she did have to die. Like, that's just the story, how it goes. Yeah. Um, and I like that she sacrifices herself for love that way instead of killing herself. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not a... They're not actively killing themselves, you know. Obviously, yeah. there is a hope when she jumps off of that uh, balcony that she's she's trying to get to him. She just... She needs to be with him. As opposed to literally just killing yourself, that's killing mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's and no we also have that. to remember that, as far as we can tell, Princess Serenity of the Silver Millennium does not have any kind of powers like Sailor Moon has. So, yeah, like the power least, of yeah. yeah, the power of the Queen and the Princess comes from the Silver Crystal, and the Queen has the Silver Crystal. So the Princess right. basically has is powerless in that sense. Yeah. And so she couldn't have. See, uh, was she cute, right? Yeah, in that dress. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. And she's <laughs> she's lived a very different life. She she's a princess. She the what we do get to see of her when she were you know first remembers being the princess and in this episode, she's led a very princessy type life, uh, oh, yeah. and not been the fighter. Yeah, and so. Which is also kind of reflected in Usagi's personality. Like, that's part of her past life, I think, that kind of shines through a bit, is that she is not a fighter. Um, Usagi can definitely step up and fight if she needs to, but ultimately Mm -hmm. she would prefer to sort things out peacefully and to heal people as opposed to fight. She's a lover, not a fighter. 
mm-hmm. to the point that her powers come from love. Like, yeah, when she is fighting, she's fighting out of love. Um, so we'll get back to uh, Fraggle Rock. <laughs> yep. Where the Senshi show up again and Kunzite is surprised, like, you're back. What the hell? Was not a dinosaur was going to eat you. Chaos I, I was just killing, beating up these cats. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are. And and here we get to we get to the death of Kunzite, which is actually kind of anticlimactic almost. It is. Yeah. I'm so sad. Yeah. For uh, for the villain know, that expected, he was. I expected more from his death. I was so confused. I was like, he actually is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah. no. Like, and hurt by his own weapon. And then he goes, Although, he, like, I did... asks for Zoocyte to, like, guide him. To yeah. Him. I was like, I was, whoa. That part was kind of sweet. It was kind of sweet, but then I was like, that's it? Yeah. That's it. it. Definitely he could have done another episode. <laughs> considering the great battles with the other, um, what are they? Yeah, even Jedi got a battle with them that was a little better. Yeah. But, and, uh. It's because, like, I love that she gets so powerful after mm-hmm. her memories are awakened. I think mm-hmm. that she's just like able to just kick his ass without even. It looks like she's not even trying. Yeah, yeah. I love that uh, she does moon healing escalation, and Kunzite says, "You will never make me yell refresh." I know. <laughs> 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 but he knows yeah, how no. it works. Sailor Moon is so... It, she's not only infused, I think, with the power of the Silver Crystal, but all of the Senshi uh, use their powers to combine and give their powers to Sailor Moon, which is something that pops up in future seasons, but this is the first time that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, where they all say, like, Mars power, Mercury power, and uh, they channel Anchor. all their energy into Sailor Moon. Yeah. So that's why she ends up being so sparkly. She looks like an she, enamel pin. She's so <laughs> glittery. Yeah. Well, and, and why she could just just like, yeah, she could just like, like next, back next episode the she gets back into super it. super sparkly. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can't wait for the next two episodes. They're so good. My um, the best line in in the episode. So, um, you can buy us all the most expensive hope cutter, <laughs> and we won't forgive you for shredding our clothes. I knew you were going to pick up on that line. <laughs> that was a good line. It was really good. Huh? Yeah. So lots of changes from the manga, as we've discussed. Um, oh, the other thing that's in the manga. So after Kunzite's death in the manga, apparently a gem comes out of his body and goes to Queen Beryl. And then Queen Beryl gives the four stones to Endymion. Um, so Jedi, Zoysite, Nephilite, Kunzite. Uh, and in the manga, we find out that the four stones um, or the four generals are actually uh, were Endymion's servants yeah. or, or generals on Earth when he was Prince Endymion. And they weren't actually originally evil. But we never get into that in the manga. In the anime. In the anime. Or, sorry, in the anime. Yeah. Interesting. For sure. It's, that uh, makes it more difficult, I would think. Yes, it does. Um, because, it, yeah, you know, they, the sailor Senshi are working so hard to save Endymion, who has been brainwashed by Beryl and Metalia, and it, they discover, or they don't discover, but we discover that 
the the four generals are in the same boat like they're in this they're in the same situation and at that point we've already killed off three <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like oh well whoops well which is one of the reasons why for everybody who likes sailor moon should definitely read the manga because there is so the anime focuses so much just on usagi and the girls yeah. That all of this other stuff is just peripheral. Like we don't really get much into Mamoru's backstory or Endymion's backstory or the history of the Silver Millennium past this episode. Um, yeah. But even though it's only it all happens like volume three is the end of, of season one of Sailor Moon in the manga. You yeah. get a lot more backstory and history because you're not dealing with all of the monsters of the week. Right. Which I love in the anime. That's great. Yes. It totally makes sense in the in the anime to have that monster of the week mm-hmm. i mean that's that's a tv show thing um right but considering how much of that how they do and how many episodes there are and how many arcs they put in that are not in the manga they leave a lot out yeah yeah it's weird how they're able to leave out so much and yet we're already on episode 44. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. The anime just focuses just on different it with things. Other stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I don't I haven't read the manga. I'm looking forward to getting into those, but the episodes that kind of fill Sailor Moon like up until this point, like even episode 43, not much happens, but it's just so delightful to watch, right? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. as watch the development of these girls um, as they try to navigate becoming these superheroes. And mm-hmm. it's so adorable, um, so cute, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you get that in the manga, where it's more like, Everything let's stick to the facts. Much more let's, quickly. Here's the story. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm I wondering, think, again, yeah. I, I haven't seen Sailor Moon Crystal yet, but I'm wondering if, if because Crystal is a lot more based on the manga and a lot more fast-paced, I'm wondering if you get that kind of like, like you said, that like fun journey of learning about them in Crystal. I have not seen it yeah. yet. Yeah. Should watch so, it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> we will get to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else we want to touch on for this episode? Um, I guess the thing is like reading the manga, watching the anime. And, and this is not just this episode. This is all of Sailor Moon. But it's it's really amazing how women-centric it is um mm-hmm. and you know the the heroes are women the villains are women the i mean not exclusively but like it's uh all of the big bads except for r i think are villains are yeah women. and and in r the big bad isn't isn't a man but the slightly smaller bads are like wait they're all women right like yeah, Har has the four sisters. The are yeah. uh, the I can never remember what they're called in, in the Japanese, but the, the the four sisters. Yeah. But the big bad in R is Wise Man. Wise Man, right? And there's yeah. also Emerald. I forgot about Emerald her. Emerald and uh, his brother, Prince Diamond. Yeah, um, no, that's Sapphire. Sapphire yeah. and Prince Diamond, and then there's right. Emerald is another Emerald. female. But then the right. big bad in yeah. in Supers is uh, end up being Mistress Nine at the very very yeah. end the end um and then super s it's uh nehelenia and then stars it's galaxia so yeah yeah 
and I mean, like, this is 90s. Um, I, it's just, it's cool. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. Always happy to see lots of female representation. Women, women and can be anything matter, they want. They could be the hero or they could be the villain. It's yeah. up to them. And then in you in some later seasons, you're getting into characters who are gay, characters who are non-binary, characters who are literally transformed between genders. <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, we get that in, in in this episode a little bit with Zoisite and Kunzite. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. Once we get into uh, Uranus and Neptune, who are my favorite senshi, and then yeah, like the Starlights. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, for the 90s, it's completely like... It's so progressive. It, it's yeah. such a window into where we were going, I guess, as a society. It's kind of cool. And I love that uh, nowadays, like, uh, audiences that are watching Sailor Moon now for the first time who have grown up in this far more progressive world would watch this and not really think anything of it. But yeah. when we watched it for the first time in the 90s, like... Deke had to change Zoicide into a fe into a female character to make this pass the bar. Right. Deke uh, had to change Uranus and Neptune into cousins, oh which made it so much creepier. Oh my god, yeah. Lesbian relationship bad. Incest, just fine. I'm right? like, it's like <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, no, that's when I, I stopped watching it in, in the translations, because I'm like, I can't take this. I'm just going to stick with the Japanese version. This is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll probably have a lot more discussions like that uh, on our next episode. How's that for a segue? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to watch episodes... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be watching the final two episodes of season one of Sailor Moon. Episode Ooh. 45, Death of the Sailor Guardians, the tragic final battle. And episode 46, Usagi's Eternal Wish, A Brand New Life. So, yeah. spoilerific title again. Yeah. I know, but the Japanese ones, the... I'll just tell you what the episode's about. Yeah, the titles are not good. The titles no. are not good. And obviously they lose something in translation, but even so... They're not yeah. good. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I'm so excited for these two episodes. It's going to be awesome. Um, and we're going because... to have two special guests. Uh, yes. We'll have Liz back again. And we're also going to have Karina back because we can't discuss this without you two who have been on our show the most. <laughs> yes. uh, so we're I'm super excited, excited to, to try to having a conversation with four of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And about like these two episodes. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> we're such nerds i love it oh my god it's awesome <laughs> uh so that being said any uh final thoughts before we close out this episode liz nope i think we've covered it yeah tracy any final thoughts no i think i'm really excited for the next episode yeah this one really mm -hmm. sets up it's it's really the beginning of the end. Like you say, 44, 45, 46 are really kind of a, a group. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. So everybody join us next time for the final two episodes. Uh, and in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking. 
you can email us at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. We're still piggybacking off of the other podcasts that I do with my husband, Brent, and Ryan and Kevin called True North Nerds, which you should listen to for your general nerdiness. Um, you can find us on Facebook at True North Nerds uh, and on Twitter at True North Nerds. So thank you for joining us again, Liz. Oh, always happy to be here. And we will talk to everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.